All right, so wait, so how are we gonna introduce this thing? Are we just gonna do? Do you want me to do it? Let's just yes, say our names. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> All right, this is the inaugural episode of the Third Spur Podcast from the WUSC studio. Um, for those of you who do not know, Third Spur is University of South Carolina's satire website. And yeah, we should introduce ourselves. Um, my name is Alexander. I'm Lee. I'm Kate. We are all writers for the Third Spur, um, and this is because we didn't we didn't say the title of our show. That should probably come before yeah. all of that. <laughs> this is the Third Spur Writers Room. Yes, yeah. a behind the scenes look at uh, some of the articles that we write and pop culture stuff that we're going to talk about later. But we can start off uh, with the articles. Kate, do you want to go first? Um. Do you have yours pulled up already? Because I do not. I, I don't. We're not prepared at okay. all for this. Okay, <laughs> let me pull right. mine up. Yes. It's on the front page, so um, it's not going to be that. Yeah. We're not exactly what you would call professional or <laughs> formal or completely prepared. Yeah. None of those things? Yeah, yeah none of those things. <laughs> so, basically, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> but, Kate, you ready to start us off? Yeah, so... This article was kind of inspired by the student government meltdown that happens at least once a week. Um, (laughs) And the title is Campus Totalitarians Call for Stricter Student Government. So as the election approaches and the government slowly crumbles at the hands of the Daily Gamecock, self-proclaimed Supreme Leader Damian Lux, founder of Campus Totalitarian Club, has announced a new campaign for stricter student government. The Freedom Campaign is an effort to tighten the reins on student government and on the university as a whole. First, I was going to try for president of the university, Lux told the Third Spur. But then the whole campaign rules violation fiasco happened, and I saw firsthand the dangers of a democratic society. Lux explains that voter fraud could be um, entirely avoided under a system of totalitarian government. Next semester, Lux says he's taking over every position in the SGA using a small army of homeless people he gathered on Main Street. Lux believes in a true zero-tolerance policy, Citizen314 commented. He literally does not tolerate anything and has anyone who disobeys his laws publicly flawed and beaten to death with a rake. Under Lux's rule, USC would be reduced to one small college, the College of Mining. All women would be expelled and given over to marriage and the male students in the College of Mining where they would serve their new husbands by sewing their clothes, preparing their meals, and cleaning their homes. At press time, Lux was seen encouraging his troops to conduct a full revolution. Wow. (laughs) Big news right there. (laughs) (laughs) Bad news, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) So how did... How did this come? You said it was because of the student government, the weekly meltdowns they have, where they're they're in full crisis mode because of something that's happened. It's a mix between a roast on socialism, I think, and a roast on the entirety of the student government. Just, you know, it's in shambles. Yeah, there's I mean, all kinds of stuff at at least once a week, you know, of campaign fraud and. It's like, it's student government. It doesn't mean that much. They, they have so little power, and, and yet if you if you talk to any of them, they acted like they would act like they're in charge of the university. I w- <laughs> There's also, like, so many power struggles. With yes. The a power struggle for no power. I, w- yes. I won't say who, but there's a kid in my class who ran for student government at one point, and 
he still to this day will come on the come into class like on the phone talking to somebody about what they could have done differently and how they could have and like oh we'll get him next time like it's it's almost like he's running a business every time he comes into class and it's like you were running for a meaningless position (laughs) like it literally means nothing and he didn't he didn't win or anything either that's why he's so like upset about it but it's just funny to hear him talk to his friends and like campaign mates I guess trying to work it all out I I mean I I understand that like for people that are involved in student government like it's important to them especially the ones that are gonna go into politics one day you know it's, it's important for them I just always find it funny though how little everyone else cares like because the, the week the week and the the couple weeks before the election you know they're, they're everywhere there's posters there's stickers there's social media it's, it's everywhere you you'd think it was the most important thing that would happen all semester on this campus and then the election happens and the next day you hear you're like yeah 11 percent of the student body voted even <laughs> yeah i didn't even i didn't even hear that the student election occurred until it was occurring until it had already occurred and then we had the runoff well, how, how, how did you avoid it for so long that's a that's a feat you should put that on your resume like, that's, that's, like a, that's an accomplishment worth bragging about i was upset when i saw that the campaign filing thing was over because i was gonna last year i did like a fake do you remember that the yes. fake election thing that i did i was gonna do it for I real for I, I voted for me too <laughs> But, um, yeah, I was going to do it for real. Um, I'm kind of glad that I missed it, because <laughs> this election was a huge mess. But I always try to vote for the person who annoys me the least. Yeah. Like, if you don't stop me when I have my earphones in and I'm walking with my head down, down Green Street, then, like, I'll vote for you. Right. If I don't recognize your name, I'll vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, Lee and I have a mutual friend who is usually so annoyed by all of the candidates that he votes for none of them and he writes us in so, <laughs> so lee has gotten at least one vote for president the last three years running <laughs> i had like five <laughs> solid votes last year for sure definitely i i know that much but um it's too late for me now yeah so. <laughs> you'll get them next year no i can't i'm graduating oh. so that's disappointing. It is. That's very disappointing. All right. Um, should we move on, I guess, to the next article? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, let me pull this up here. Again, should have been more prepared. Um, I'll just cut this out later. <laughs> I can find it. I don't know where. I was looking for the cocaine article, so I went far back in my... the seven dirty words do not say that's like half of Alan's vocabulary (laughs) (laughs) is that I wonder if that's from if that's from that um who was it I love I love that cocksucker is included on the list (laughs) of all the things yeah no I I I think that's from like someone's um stand-up routine oh okay Okay. because 
No, I remember learning about this in one of my classes. Um, there was a there was a comedian who like was invited to do some stand up over the radio, and he just like went off with like a bunch of expletives, and <laughs> and he got fined for it. Or I I don't I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I'll have to look it up afterwards, but um, seriously, that's fifty percent of Alan's vocabulary. I know. I know. <laughs> They're just so obscure. Some of them are so obscure. It has to be yep. from like a stand-up routine. It was from the. It was no. from the eighties. Some of them, like the ones that you would oh. think are obscure, are the ones that Alan uses the most. George Carlin. That's who it was. Uh, you know who that is? Yeah, I've heard. He's a comedian. I think he died like ten years ago. But all right, I have it pulled up. So. All right, so this is an article I wrote um, about a year ago called "War Breaks Out." between roommates over $2 Venmo requests. So I'll just read this out. Chaos has broken out in apartment 512 of the Red Tail on the River apartment complex as roommates Tiffany and Lindsay have been locked in battle for near, nearly two days. Early reports which suggested the fight stemmed from a disagreement over a conflicting love interest turned out to be incorrect. Instead, an intense UN investigation has revealed the $2 Venmo request at the center of the calamity. According to an individual displaced by the fighting, the apartment was running low on hand soap a few days ago, which Tiffany fixed with a quick trip to CVS. After buying a $4 bottle of soap, Tiffany requested $2 via Venmo from Lindsay, asking that they split the cost. Lindsay, however, maintains she recently bought milk and other rations for the apartment with no expectation for restitution, and reportedly refused to pay for the soap, setting off the now days-long conflict. Diplomats representing Lindsay released a brief statement on the situation, stating that, quote, Lindsay is always buying things that are needed for the apartment without asking for Tiffany to pay for them, which is so generous. Lindsay was also unofficially quoted as saying that, quote, this is exactly the kind of thing she would do, and I'm not putting up with it anymore. Skirmishes of this nature are not new to the duo, as shown by the great 11-day milk standoff of March 2017 where each insisted the other buy additional milk without budging. A temporary ceasefire was announced today at 1.48 Eastern Standard Time after Lindsay and Tiffany were unable to successfully run the dishwasher and washing machine, respectively. Peace negotiations showed promise at first, but the ceasefire ended abruptly when Tiffany was accused of drinking Lindsay's ginger ale and, quote, totally knew it didn't belong to her. At press time, Tiffany could be seen hiding most of the silverware in her room. Uh, so, so this is this article has an interesting backstory. Um, this is based. A lot of my articles are based off of stupid things that my friends do. Uh, this is uh, this one was one of those articles. Um, these two girls that I'm friends with got in a fight when one of them used the other's laundry detergent and then didn't pay her back for it. But basically, the the one would go and buy things that they both use in the apartment like soap and toilet paper and then then the other one even if the cost was like two dollars um and then the second one would do that and not charge the other one and that would cause fights between them <laughs> so i i think i went over to their apartment one day and walked in in the middle of a fight about soap or toilet paper or something and just walked away thinking that's that's an article right there we need i, I need to write that um <laughs> But initially I had written this like a, a little more, I guess a little more informal, and um, some of the other writers um, had come up with the idea of kind of 
taking this idea and parroting like a wartime report, which is why there's all the references, um, like the UN investigation and diplomats representing Lindsay. Um, and I, I think the I think that actually really helped the final article because um, the it, it, it's it's a kind of striking comparison between actual war and a war between two college girls. Like it, it there's a there's a lot of similarities there. The resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't want to be in the middle of either. Let's put it that way. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is this is one of my favorite articles that I've written, which is why. Um, and it's got a really interesting backstory, which is why I thought it was great to discuss on here. But, yeah. I've been in that situation. So. <laughs> <laughs> over, over toilet paper or soap? Oh, yeah. My freshman year, uh, we did not have a good rooming situation. And we used to argue all the time about who bought the toilet paper last. Or who, not who bought it, but who replaced it. And so by the end of the semester, we were each using our own and, like, hiding it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it got, like, really petty really quickly. <laughs> See, I was lucky. My um, <clears throat> my roommate freshman year, he, like, had a, um, a scholarship that just gave him, like, an unlimited supply of toilet paper. <laughs> so, like, we never had to worry about that fight. I, I should have come to you to get my toilet paper freshman year then. <laughs> you guys had unlimited unlimited supply. Yeah. So, like, we didn't, like, it, it came with a certain amount, and then, like, by the end, like, the last two months of the year, we had to buy a few more rolls. Uh, okay. But, like, it made sense that I would go buy them because he had supplied, like, right. Seven months. Of <laughs> what an paper. obscure scholarship! <laughs> yeah. Like, what scholarship was that? I have no clue. <laughs> and why? What would lead you to apply for a scholarship that's like an unlimited supply of toilet paper? It might have been because he was in, he was like it was a sponsorship because he was in tennis. I don't know. But, okay. I don't. Know. I don't know anything. <laughs> it's really confusing. Huh. Yeah, I, I've never been in that situation before, <coughs> the, the scholarship or the petty fighting over toilet paper. Because <laughs> if you, I don't, I don't know, just, I'll, I've always lived with people where it's just like, all right, you buy it this time, I'll buy it next time. It will, it'll just average out. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Not something I've experienced before. Casey Cove has solved our problems now because they used to do, like, Toilet Paper Tuesday or something, and you could go to the front office and they would just give you toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> One of one of the perks of living there. The only perk of <laughs> living there. Free toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> only on Tuesdays. Though. Yeah. <laughs> only some Tuesdays. Uh, all right. So I th- we're now we're going to talk about just some more pop culture stuff that doesn't mm-hmm. relate directly to uh, things we've written or things we're doing within the third spur. Um, Kate, I, you had some some like classified stuff that you had found that you wanted to read out. Yeah, just some g- some good old misconnections from Craigslist. <laughs> Craigslist is the one is a wonderful place. Craigslist it's, is. It's just there's, I was doing some research on it and um, they have like a rant section, which I didn't know. <laughs> well, what like, is that for? <laughs> let's let's see if I uh, pulled in. Yeah, rants and raves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this one is called "What is it like to be mad?" Um, and it's it's a it's a ride. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. 
You keep a list of everyone who's made you mad. You keep adding to the list for two years. Then you say these guys are my friends. They installed my marble countertops. Even they had a scam seam down the middle. Your list of bad guys gets so long you can't see. People that you need to survive are on your bad list. Soon you're carrying around a backpack full of rocks and you can't survive. The list of people you want to kill is so long you can't swim. And you say to yourself, does this make any sense? And that's the whole brand. <laughs> <laughs> that that is poetry right there. Yeah. That. Isn't it? I I I think I would need to read that like seven more times <laughs> to get to get a semblance or a, a slight resemblance of what was what was going on there. I I like to imagine who's writing it. Like somebody goes on Craigslist and they're like I have a kill list <laughs> and I want to rant about it. It just sounds like he has a lot of problems. Like I like that his friends are the people who installed his marble countertops. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, that was the whole... That was his list of friends. But now they're on his hit list, so it must have been that seam down the middle. Yeah, he, sound, he sounds like he's got a lot he wants to take care of. A lot, a lot of issues he needs to check off that list. Yeah. This one uh. is... I'm sure this is, like, some older woman, like, you know... It, the title is Hate Cable Companies slash Only Watch the Hallmark Channel. And all it says <laughs> all it says is, how does Roku work? I have heard about this. What exactly is it? How do I get it? And that's it. On <laughs> That's her rant in the rant rave section. Only watch Only Hallmark. watch the Hallmark Channel. I, I, okay. Quick, quick side note. Um, so I have a part-time job as a valet, um, and I work at a couple of different restaurants and hotels. And last week, I, um, I valeted a car for an older woman um, and her friend at a restaurant. And she had the radio station. You know, I, I, when I get in a car, I don't ever touch you know, the radio station, the air conditioning. I just leave it all alone. And I got in, and this must have been, like, old person radio playing. I, I don't know what station it was. But I got in, and as I got in, the, the announcer goes... Yes, and I also have a podcast. That's a radio show you can listen to on your phone. <laughs> I <laughs> so, wonder who his audience is. I, I just, <clears throat> I, I, yeah, that, that one confused me. But, but I, Yeah, so yes, we have a radio show that you can listen to on your phone. It's called a podcast, in case you weren't aware. You found your way to listening to this, so I would hope you know what a podcast is. But in case yeah, you didn't hopefully. know, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. You can Nothing's never guaranteed. You can never assume. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I was looking through some classifieds on the state newspaper for an article I'm hopefully writing this week, um, and there's a guy on here who really wants some Masters Golf tournament tickets. Um, he posted two consecutive ads, one right after the other. Okay, that always works. So the first one is all caps, Masters Golf Tickets Wanted. And there's not really any body text, just like a phone number. Okay. But then right after that one, a few days later, he posted Masters Golf Tickets Needed. <laughs> it says Masters Golf Tickets Needed, top dollar paid, local in Columbia, call or text Thomas, please. <laughs> that, I that, his priorities changed. I just, he wanted them at first, but like it, the situation became more desperate, clearly. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and one concerning one, also from the state, um, burial plot and vault. 
Um, <laughs> burial plot and concrete vault, including tent and chairs in Southland Memorial Gardens in West Columbia, can be transferred. Price forty five hundred dollars. Wow. That so if you're be. looking for a, if you're looking for a mausoleum, I guess. Uh. <laughs> you know, I wasn't quite in the market yet. I, I've been saving up for it, but that was more of like a July, August. Maybe kind finals of thing. week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. Damn. Yeah. I hope it's I hope it's still available when it gets to that point. <laughs> um, you see some weird stuff for sale on Craigslist, which yeah. which is the fun of going on there. The yeah. This guy is looking to be fed 100% Angus beef. <laughs> um, Down-to-earth guy here looking to be fed 100% Angus beef. You must be able to host or maybe you can grill out somewhere. Please be between the ages of 20 and 50. <laughs> so very specific set of requirements. <laughs> so he doesn't want he doesn't want 100% Angus beef. He, he wants, wants someone to, to feed. He wants someone to feed it. To <laughs> yeah. Make so it chef. and feed it. Yes. But o- but that only specializes in 100% Angus beef. Yeah, that's a 100%. 100%. We'll not settle for 98% no. Angus beef. <laughs> um Does that allow for burgers because like there's more Not than all just of them a, are 100%. But like even then there's not there's more than just beef. And he says, I'm looking to be fed 100%. This is an expensive beef. habit. Yeah. yeah. Because you almost have to, like, slaughter the cow there. I, I yeah. butcher it yourself if I, you want it to be guaranteed 100%. I think we're looking at this wrong. I think this guy has done this many times before. <laughs> and so he's putting this out there because he knows, like, that's the right set of words to get the person he wants. Because if you just say, want someone to cook me burgers, I mean. Yeah, yeah. no. He it, also knows who. Like what age range? The Twenty to best, fifty. Right. Twenty to fifty Not year olds 19. are the best at it. Anything over fifty, your eye starts to go, and then anything under twenty, you're just not experienced enough. True. I guess. True. Yeah. I, I don't really know a lot of twenty-year-old extremely experienced chefs, but I, maybe I again, this either. guy <laughs> clearly knows the right stuff here. I'm yeah. twenty, and I've never hosted a barbecue, so <laughs> that's probably you why o- he you wants. Obviously, to. have to accomplish more. Probably. I think, we, I, think, I think we need to reach out to this guy and learn his ways. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he knows something. He does. He knows what he wants. He, he's hosted a barbecue or two in his time. The best thing is, I at first thought this was, like, an ad for, like, something else, you know? Because <laughs> a lot of them are ambiguous. Like, I saw one for this guy who was looking for a woman just to feed him. <laughs> like, Just. yeah, he wanted her to like cook him a plate of dinner. That's his exact words. Hmm. And I was like, this probably means something else. I don't um, think but the a Angus, the Angus beef one, it seems like he really it, genuinely inver- wants to make a cookout. The information is so specific <laughs> yeah. that there's no way to misconstrue that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is a coded message, and that's why he said 20 to 50. Mm. I don't know. I also like to think, like, these misconnections people, like, some of them are FBI agents, like, <laughs> looking for criminals. Like, they're on misconnections, like, looking for a guy who um, was last seen at the gas station wearing a red shirt and black pants, brown hair. Um, I wanted to talk to you, but I didn't get to give you my number. So if you could just reach out to me on here. And I also love the idea of people going on Craigslist to find somebody they saw in line. 
Like, there's this one. Like, does that actually work? Like, there's no way that actually works. No. Like, this one is entitled Walmart Tire Center. God. <laughs> um, I'm going to read this as it's written. Um, <laughs> All right. You was my cashier this morning. I got two batteries, and you had two nose rings and pretty nails, and you said you had been eating many Rice Krispies. I think you are pretty hot. If you happen to see this, tell me what I had on, and I'd like to take you out one night. I hope to hear from you soon. <laughs> there were no periods in that. There's so much in to unpack in that statement. First of all, Walmart Tire Center. You, were, you told me you were eating too many Rice Krispies. Wow. How does that come in conversation? <laughs> Maybe we broke Kate. <laughs> I like to think that she's like checking him out and, and like her stomach was bothering her or something. And she was like, oh man. <laughs> Are you too many Rice Krispies? <laughs> Must have had too many Rice Krispies this morning. Oh. <laughs> it was a Rice Krispies or Rice Krispie treats. And well, that's true. Like, that's true. <laughs> this is that, that's are... that's another important question we don't know the answer to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what if what if that's one of the FBI operations thing? We reached out to them like we have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> We're not the guy you're looking for. Yeah. Um. We just host a podcast, and we want to have you on to explain yourself. I'm going to go to the Walmart Tire Center in Columbia and find this person. The one with the nose rings? Yeah, the two two nose rings. First of all, I want to, when I read two nose rings, first of all, I think of, like, double septum piercing, which isn't a thing. And so, just imagining this woman was like the best part of my day <laughs> anyway um i had one more but it's 420 so i'm gonna sk- yeah do you want to do the, the home depot story the home depot okay one. this yeah. is this is this is a good story to end on yeah so um the title of this article and i will try my best not to like cry when i read this <laughs> Um, Home Depot bomb threat was actually just guy in bathroom joking he was fixing to blow it up. <laughs> this is from about a month ago. Who, who published in, this? Um, Live 5 WCSC. <laughs> so like a genuine news The Low news Country's story. news leader. Yes. Um, yeah. This was in Wichita, Kansas. So... Oh. A report of a bomb threat in Wichita Home Depot store turned out to be more of a warning for other customers in the restroom. <laughs> That's a great lead for the article. Sedgwick, Sedgwick County Communications released a 911 call in which the caller states someone may have a bomb at the store. We just had a customer here who made what was, may have been a bomb threat, said the caller. He said, uh, somebody told me there's a bomb in here and you need to leave the building. He said it three times. Police went to Home Depot at K96 in Woodland to investigate. Someone there told staff they overheard the threat in the store's restroom. Police did some investigating and learned the bomb threat came from a man in the bathroom stall warning others about the severity of his need to use the restroom. (laughs) Y'all need to get out of here because I'm fixing to blow it up. (laughs) 
one witness said he laughed at the remark and took it as a joke. Once police tracked the man down, it became clear that it was all a misunderstanding. Uh, I, I just love the idea, you know, as, as someone who is studying journalism and has gone out and reported on things, I just love the idea that some somebody walked into their news station and their their news director is just like, yeah, you're going to Home Depot today. We got a story. <laughs> I love the fact that some, we live in a world <laughs> where... Um, <laughs> Somebody is in the bathroom and says, y'all need to get out of here because I'm fixing to blow it up. And somebody genuinely believes they should call 911 because someone has bombed. And that's like the best. That's the best. I, th- I think we should be praising this guy because he had the, the politeness and the lack of embarrassment. He warned to- people. He warned people. He warned yeah, them. Actual... Th- not once, not twice. No- normally, I think you would just you know, go ahead and then try and get out of there as quickly as possible, but... I mean, something about this story that makes me really happy is the fact that, like, real news can reflect fake news so well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Um, I'll, you know... I, there were some weird ones this week. Like, there was this 104-year-old lady whose death wish was to be arrested. <laughs> and, and the police went to the nursing home and arrested her and took her to jail, like, so she could cross something off of her bucket list. Oh, my God. Whoa. That's a, P, a good PR for the police, I guess, for fulfilling her wish? I don't know. Is I, it good PR to say that you arrested a 104-year-old from the re- retirement home? <laughs> I like the one of, um, it was it was something like, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger caught chasing mini pony on a two-wheel bike or something. <laughs> and it's like 100% real. And it sounds like something that, like, we would make up. <laughs> yeah, this is why I love the the news. Yeah. Right. Like sometimes you just get hilarious stories. Yeah, I I remember when I first um first was interested in joining the Third Spur. Our then editor in chief and one of the founders of the Third Spur, I was talking to him about what like what we did, and he told me he's like writing satire is like writing the news except you get to make up all the facts and this is this is one of those stories where those those stories are like you just have to question like did someone just make this up are they just yeah. bored one day they had were they were they short on stories and someone's like yeah we'll just make this yeah up. we'll go to the we'll go to the home depot and <laughs> that's the whole like fake news thing is everybody is just claiming that like you just pulled all these facts out of nowhere and it's like Okay, some things are way too obscure to make up. Right. Like, I could never, like, just imagine, like, somebody calling in a bomb threat. At Home Depot. At Home Depot because a guy in the bathroom said he was fixing to blow it up. Like, yeah, there's no way that's not true. Yeah. It, it would take a team of people a week to come up with that story. <laughs> like, there's just, there's just no way. Definitely. All right, I think I think that's gonna wrap it up for us today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. 
planning on recording this every other week. Um, we're going to have some of our other writers on to share some of their articles and give insight into how, how they write. Uh, and we'll be back with more crazy stories from Home Depot, from other places. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. but Straight from the nursing home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, check out thirdspur.com and tune in next week.